Texas Business Minds, a presentation of the Texas Business Journals, brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance Company, a workers' comp provider committed to helping companies build a stronger, safer Texas. The labor market remains tight, and experienced executives and team leaders are in demand. In this episode, HBJ Managing Editor Jonathan Adams calls on Jen Suddeth for insight in the sectors she recruits. So, uh, Jen, first things first, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. So I've been doing retained recruiting for about 20 years. I started my own practice about five years ago, and we're a small boutique firm. We're about six people right now. And pretty much what I've done for that 20 years reflects what I do now, which is uh, retained executive search. Most of our client base is private equity. So we do a lot within the middle market, typically series B, series C type capital. And we work for their portfolio companies. And then we also work for the private equity firm. We do also have privately held companies. We do have a couple of public companies. The common denominator is growth, transformation. They've raised capital. They've got to get from point A to point B to point C and very quick short order or on a timeline, at least. They've got a clock that they've got to meet. Sometimes it's a culture change. Sometimes, you know, we've got a company that they were like, we've been recruiting for the same position for so long and we need a a new brain to look at this. We need a new (laughs) view of looking at this. We want to pull from different industries. So it, it doesn't matter, but a lot of times it's transformation. It's that some sort of change is happening and we bring in those change makers that make it happen. Very cool. And so I understand this is not your first business that you've ever started. No, I didn't know you knew that. But no, it is is not. My husband and I are um, repeat entrepreneurs. I was going to say offenders, but that's not nice because not all of them are successful. I'm not going to lie to you. But no, we've both had multiple businesses. I started my first one when I was, I want to say 24. We raised capital by cleaning houses and then we started the, uh, it was actually a dry cleaners, if you can believe that. I don't tell a lot of people that, Jonathan. I don't know why I'm in, I feel the need to tell you that, but it was very successful. We sold it within a few years, made about five times our money and uh, went on our way. We had a nice little nest egg to start our, our early careers. So when did you realize you wanted to go into recruiting? It was in 2000 or close to it when everybody thought the world was going to end. I don't know if you were, <laughs> you were, if you were in the business world then, but they thought the computers were all going to crash and blah, blah, blah. And so I was actually um, in the software industry and didn't love it. I was in inside sales, didn't love it at the time and went and visited with recruiters to kind of figure out what my next career path was. And I got recruited by four recruiters. So I picked one and went to work for her and, and the rest is history. I became a recruiter from that point on. So, How did that kind of relate to the previous business ventures that you had had at that time? Zero. Uh, I, <laughs> I think the common denominator, I love actually recruiting entrepreneurs because I do think they've got this buck stops with me mentality. They're not asking for someone to solve problems. They were used to doing it themselves. My number one employee right now, she's been with me two or three years She was an entrepreneur before she came to work for me. And I definitely see that. She makes decisions. She's quick about it. She takes action. You know, there's no one's, she's not waiting around for someone to solve things. Not that most everybody does that, but I definitely like entrepreneurs have that in their brain is that it's, it's up to me to solve it. And so when I, we did that dry cleaners, we sold, it was just a few years Then I went like 25 years old, I went into technology sales. And so I was doing that for about five or six years before I became a recruiter, but I definitely think because even when I worked for a big firm as a recruiter, 
it's a very independent industry. They, it's almost like lawyers. Like you go eat what you kill, you go find your own clients, you go finish those searches. Now I had the support of a company and employees and a team, but that whole mentality of you get it done yourself and no one's, <laughs> you know, it's up to you is really, I think the mindset that creates a really good recruiter and also a business owner. And so instead of search, your first recruiter firm? That I've owned. Yes. Yeah. Okay. No, I worked for the same firm for most of my career. It changed names because it got bought through private equity, but it was pretty much the same firm. I stepped out for about five years and worked for a management consulting firm. It was like a mini Deloitte. And I did that for about five years. We grew about 3X from when I started, and then they actually ended up selling to Accenture. So I got to experience that kind of growth and transformation from the inside. And then I came back to recruiting. Why did you want to start a set of search? Oh, you know, it's a good question. I, it, because I could, I think I always joke that that's the answer. But like I said, in the true retained recruiting world, you're, you're kind of running your own business anyway. And so when you get to a point where you're developing all your own business, you've got all of those relationships, you're finishing those searches, you're kind of running your own business anyway. And so my firm that I was with had been acquired and we became a much bigger entity, which I, I didn't love being a part of this huge corporation with the rules and regulations and reporting. And I hadn't signed up for that and I didn't love it. So when I realized in my career, I could start my own practice. I've always had that entrepreneurial spirit. I decided to go for it. So what would you say were some of the challenges in starting Scythe Search? This is probably not what you're expecting, but we had too much business. And that's that's the honest to God truth. I actually couldn't go after my own client, my clients, my relationships for a year. But one of them called me and said, and it, this is literally day one of my business. One of my previous clients called me and said, I have 10 searches that I want you to do. And I said, I can't. I have a non-compete. And so fortunately, I called my previous corporate and he said, well, we're not doing it without you. I should t- tell that part. So I went back to my previous employer and told them, and I said, what do you want to do? And so we we actually did it kind of as an outsourced contract, which was very kind of them. And they helped with some of the, you know, bringing in some of the staff to help me fill those searches. And it was a good relationship. And it was a, it was a good way to get started, quite honestly. And, and it was a win-win for both me and them. And that lasted for about six months. And during that time, I was able to develop a, a lot more business. I'm in pretty well networked in the city. I know quite a few people. So I was able to step outside of my previous client relationships and get it going. So then it was a year in and then COVID hit, which actually was not a terrible thing for us either. You probably know about the private capital markets. And so they still had capital and they still needed to spend it and they still needed to grow their businesses. And so a lot of those previous relationships that I had really paid off. And so they were calling me and, you know, some of them I'd never met in person uh, for two years, um, but I'd done, you know, four or five searches for them. And so I think a lot of the previous relationships helped, but we've been in business four years. We've almost doubled uh, revenue every year. So it's continued gotcha. to have that kind of growth. So how do you manage that kind of growth? That sounds like a pretty quick growth. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when you start with zero, I always joke, oh, they grew 10x because they were at zero before they started. Uh, but yes, it is quick growth. We've got a great team. Like I mentioned, I've got the entrepreneurial person that I hired. I'll, I'll give her a name, Leah, Leah Salinas, and she's great. Um, I just recently hired another 20-year veteran. Even my administration and my operations, my more junior staff are just exceptional. 
And I think we all know that it's been a volatile market. I think I see that with them. They recognize sometimes you, you got to put in those 10 hour days. Sometimes it's, it's easier. Sometimes we're finishing up searches and you're like, okay, what's next? What am I going to do? You know, well, we got a president search starting next week. So just enjoy yourself. Go take a run. <laughs> I'm always telling them, I'm like, you know, it's feast or famine in this business. It's very cyclical. So they have, they have learned that and acknowledged that and they manage those ups and downs really well. So we have been stretched at times, but, um, but I think everyone understands kind of how that works and then they plow through it. And gotcha. we are about to hire one more. <laughs> oh, nice. How about that? How about that for a plug? Yeah. Uh, what are y'all hiring for it right now? Mid-level associate recruiter. Somebody who's been doing it, you know, four or five years is what we're, we're looking for. And we're in the midst of interviewing right now. So. And so what trends are you seeing in recruitment right now? You know, and I'm going to speak to my clients as far as the private equity. You know, this last year, a lot of what we, we continue to see were those critical hires. And it's not those 10-person searches I'm not seeing as many of those right now. You know, we, we've got a mandate. We've got $200 million. Go hire us 10 people. We do have one of those actually, but that's venture capital. But right now I'm seeing people being very purposeful about their growth. The ones that we're doing are required. We got to have a CFO because our CFO left. We've got to have a president that's going to take over in two years. We've got a bank president position right now and the president's retiring. So even if the economy tanks, they still got to have a president. So a lot of those positions um, but we still have companies that are still in growth mode. I mean, like I mentioned, with a lot of that private capital, private equity, they still have plans and they're still going to execute on those plans. And so when they call us and say, we need four directors of business development, they're still going to hire four directors of business development. And so we're still, I read the paper every morning, like I did this morning, and it makes me very nervous, but we're small enough that I feel like we can tighten our belt and plow through. Yeah, I was going to ask you, um, what's keeping you up at night lately? That, the market, <laughs> the the layoffs that you read about every single day. We're in a in kind of a niche market as far as the private equity world, the fast growth middle market world. Um, obviously, like I said, we've got a few public companies, but I think the market makes me nervous and definitely keeps me up. Do we hire? Well, you know, I just mentioned we're hiring. We've needed this hire for six months and we finally decided to pull the trigger in December. And then, you know, the layoffs of the world happen. So do you still do that as a small business owner? Do you do you still do that? Because if I don't, my team's going to be stretched too thin. They're not happy when they're stretched too thin. So I've got to bring on another person. But at the same time, as a business owner, is this the right time? And that's kind of what keeps me up at night, the market. A lot of talk about a looming recession. What are you guys doing to kind of insulate yourselves from whatever that may be. Yeah. We brought on another seasoned recruiter that I mentioned, and she's a very experienced 20-year veteran. And she is out there. She's actually starting to develop business too. So I've got another, if you think of it like a little franchise, who's going to go out there and develop business in a totally different world than I do. She's mainly industrials and downstream, and she does more corporate stuff, bigger company stuff. So that's one way is betting on on that and kind of diversifying our portfolio. And then also, I think, understanding where we are in the economy and having our employees understand that and knowing that this is not the year we're going to go to conferences and spend a lot of money. This is the year we're going to buckle down and go to Subway instead of a nice restaurant for our lunches. We're going <laughs> to cut, cut those expenses back. And uh, I'm exaggerating, but you know, th- I think they all understand that and keeping that communication open about kind of where we are. 
I do think small, sometimes small businesses have an advantage because I'm not, for one thing, I don't have a bunch of investors or a bunch of shareholders breathing down my neck. And secondly, for a team of recruiters, I think they understand that they're probably in the best place they can be because in a lot of ways, private equity always has capital. Not always. We're not going to talk about the 2008, but there, there's always there's there's always that capital. So I think they understand that kind of come, gotcha. approaching it as a team. Jen Suddeth joining us. In our next segment, she shares tips on retaining key people when Texas Business Minds continues. Texas Mutual Insurance Company cares about your injured employees as much as you do. With our proactive and compassionate workers' comp claims handling, taking care of your people is how we take care of your business. Business is better with Texas Mutual. And so one of the things that aside from layoffs happening like left and right, one of the things that we've written a lot about is uh, businesses trying to retain talent and find talent. Yeah. What are you seeing on that front? This is one of the things that I am a huge proponent of, which sounds strange coming from a recruiter, but I do think because of my five, you know, those years that I was with the big corporation, the recruiting firm, and then with Anaxis, which was the consulting firm, keeping your talent, keeping them happy, keeping them trained, keeping them challenged should be your number one priority, in my opinion. I do think bringing in talent from the outside is critical, but I think companies have got to pay attention and keep that communication open and continue to always challenge themselves on, are we creating a place where people want to be every day and where they want to work and do they feel fulfilled? You've got to keep your eye on the eight ball. That's, and I, and I honestly believe that. And I think it was changed. It it really changed the consulting firm that I worked for once we started saying, okay, what kind of training do you want? Okay. Let's all go and, and spend time together. But once we started doing that, our retention rates went way up. And I think that's critical, especially if you've already done a very purposeful job of recruiting and you've got that top talent, how are you going to keep them? How are you going to keep them happy? And it might be money. So, You mentioned earlier that COVID actually kind of helped you get everything rolling for your business. Can you kind of elaborate more on that? How did you guys navigate this unique circumstance in the world? <laughs> One of the advantages I had is we had always done video interviews, not always. In the last decade, we'd done video interviews. The times of headhunters flying across the country, you know, I'm sure that headhunters for Exxon are still doing that. But in our world, in our middle market private equity world, we had started doing videos for about the last decade. So I was a Skype expert, if you want to call it that. I don't use Skype anymore. I shouldn't even put a plug in for them, but <laughs> I, we use all, all different types of video. But I had already done that. I knew how to do it. It was kind of a, a pleasant thing when now all of a sudden the people I was interviewing knew how to do video because for a while it was very challenging because they didn't know how to do it. So for one thing, that made our process faster. Because if I do a president search or a CEO or something higher level, I do in person. Well, we couldn't. And so my time was used more efficiently. We could do more searches in a shorter amount of time is, I I think, the main thing or the second thing. And then, like I said, the previous relationships, I've been in this business for 20 years. I've been going to luncheons and meeting people and setting up breakfasts and coffees for so long. I think those relationships paid off. You know, they couldn't go out and say, okay, I need three recruiting firms to come and visit me in my office and give us their pitch. A lot of them said, we need to get this done. We already know set a search. You know, we already know Jen. Let's go. 
And so I think the previous relationships, I mean, those top three things, I think, really paid off for us during COVID. What would you say is next for you and uh, Sudeth Search? So the diversification of our industry focus, not that we don't love private equity, I I do. I actually really enjoy it. I understand it at a deep and broad level, but diversifying from that and bringing in the corporate clients, which is what Hazel is going to do for us, hopefully. And then I really think being more purposeful in our process. And we've recently brought in an assessment, uh, the Berkman, which you can give to your candidates and really get a deeper understanding of how they fit into your company and whether or not you're going to, they're going to manage stress well and all that kind of stuff. But diversifying our industry is my number one. And then secondly, being more purposeful and intentional about how we do our assessment of candidates. What industries are you seeing that are most active in hiring right now? You know, I don't know that I can be an expert on to answer that, quite honestly, since I'm so kind of focused on these fast growth markets. But in the world that I'm in, which is a lot of industrials midstream, we actually do some technology and software, the energy market. And I want to say energy as a whole, but mostly I'm in the middle. I'm in the midstream and the downstream. (laughs) That market is really going through an evolution as far as a technology evolution, as far as you know, now they're storing all of these different chemicals and uh, helium and so forth. So storage is critical. Energy transition is critical. And so a lot of those are still transforming and evolving and hiring and growing. And so we're a big part of that. And that's where I see the growth is that downstream industry of the, the folks that are really changing the things the way things are done. Uh, we've got a client that underground storage I mentioned, and storage is critical for energy transit. Storage is critical right now because we don't know what the future holds. We need to make sure we still have those chemicals. We still need to make sure we have them until that energy transition happens. And so storage is critical. So that's a big one we've seen. We've got a plant that's building that can convert sour gas to clean gas. I mean, little things like that is what I think is still happening because of what's happening in the industry as a whole. But as far as the rest of the world, I'm not necessarily that deep into it. What advice would you give to someone interested in getting into recruiting or starting their own recruiting firm? Interested in getting into recruiting is you've really got to be pretty tenacious. You've got to be, like I mentioned earlier, a buck stops with me person. There's a huge world of recruiting. I don't know how familiar you are, you know, with the differences in what kind of what we do versus what the staffing world does. And there's a huge market for staffing. And that's the, you know, we need 40 people or we need administrators or we need project managers or whatever. And that world is very different than kind of what we're doing. We're more on the advisory side. So we need a CFO that has these four qualifications. Oh, and we want them to fit in culturally. And here's what we think that looks like. And so we're more on the advisory consulting piece of it, of here, we're going to help you find that person. Then we're going to advise on where you could go and find it. So it's a problem solving kind of piece versus a lot of the staffing is go find me with these qualifications, boom. And they bring them five resumes and they figure out which one's the best. Ours is a little bit different than that. But it's, I think the, the most successful recruiters are the ones that, that take full responsibility. They go, okay, I'm not getting anywhere. I've only, I've only got a few candidates and this isn't looking good. So what else can I do? Where else can I look? The creative thinking, the brainstorming, and then also minutia. I mean, I think every job's got minutia, but 
you've got to be able to be that bigger brainstormer, but then you've got to do the day work. You know, you've got to talk to 40 people before you get to the top three. So understanding that and staying the course and talking to all those people is super critical. Well, I think that about covers it, Jen. I appreciate you sitting down and meeting with me. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate it too. Suddeth Search Managing Partner, Jen Suddeth, joining us. Thank you for downloading Texas Business Minds, presented by the Texas Business Journals and brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance Company, a workers' comp provider committed to helping companies build a stronger, safer Texas. Texas.